This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. This is without question the most comfortable red sweater I've had on in six years. Uh, playoffs? What are you doing with a school bag on stage? You can't even read. If I don't eat breakfast, I'm f***ing pistol. And it's a deep to left center. Andrew Jones on the run. This one has a chance. Come around. Reverses it. And the pass goes into the end zone. The Nick and it's a touchdown by Nick Foles. Alba inside. It's Messi. Ladies and gentlemen, the time has finally arrived for the 2018 World Cup. Welcome to the almost world-famous Wide Open Sportscast, broadcasting live from our lovely studios in the friendly confines of New Hope, Pennsylvania. I am Fed. I'm Rick. I am so excited, dude. I know you are. Two days away. You, you, you've been pestering me about, about World Cup soccer, even without the Americans. Yeah. For so Can't long. Wait. Dude. I mean, I'm I'm definitely gonna be watching. Yeah. But I mean, it's gonna be a little it's gonna be a little sad without America. Even even if they get knocked out in the first in the first group rounds, it'd be sad. With it's gonna be sad without America. Yeah. It would have been nice to at least watch them. Yeah, and know that you know maybe if we make it out of our group, we'll run into Germany in the round of sixteen, and at least we'll make it there. Uh, but it is one of the greatest times in sports, the biggest tournament in the world of soccer. Some will say the biggest tournament in all of sports, as thirty-two of the top soccer teams in the world will compete against each other for the World Cup title. The repeating, returning champion. Not repeating, the returning champion, Germany, who defeated Argentina in the 2014 World Cup final off of a stoppage time winner from Mario Gotze. Not stoppage time, it was extra time, actually. So it's going to be a great time. A lot of new faces. There is an argument for why you should still watch this World Cup without America. Is because there's going to be so many other stories that the casual fan who doesn't really watch soccer can now embrace. It's not just like, oh, I'm going to watch for America. If I'm watching the World Cup, I get to pick my own team and actually get to see what is out there more than just the United States. That is true. Which yeah. is going to be a little cool. I have personally already picked my team um, that I will be pulling for. Do you know who you're pulling for yet, Rick? Who am I pulling for? Yes. I'm pulling for Egypt. Okay. For uh, Mo Salah. For some Mo, Mo Salah. Salah. But that's all, actually, because we got Salah. Um, I will personally be going for England. Uh, and a little bit of Belgium, too. Whoever makes it out of that group. Um, more so England. England Hotspur. Five Tottenham players on England. The highest represented team on Team England. And I like to see Belgium do well as well. Um, a lot of Premier League superstars on there. A uh, few Tottenham players as well, especially on defense. Uh, and I think a lot of America is going to be rooting for Iceland. Yeah. Did you see that commercial? It was like, oh, no. America. There's like a vodka commercial. And it's like, hey, America, you didn't make the World Cup. Fuck you. Here's all the reasons for why you should root for Iceland. And it's, really? it's like a whole vodka commercial trying to promote to America this is why you should watch Iceland. I'm assuming it's a vodka from Iceland? Yes. Ah, good thing I'm able to dissect that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, so, 
The World Cup begins two days from now, June 14th, with the first match being Russia against Saudi Arabia. And it will end on July 15th with the World Cup final. Again, this will be happening in Russia. For those of you that don't know and tuned off to the World Cup and anything to do with the World Cup from that fateful night in Trinidad for the Americans. Um, let us talk about some of the big storylines here, Rick. First, can the Germans repeat? They're a machine, some people will say. They have a very, very talented deep squad. You got Neuer in goal, who's coming off of an injury, which will be an interesting story. You have players such as Marco Royce playing his first World Cup. You got Tony Cruz, Mesa Ozil. Can't stand him, but he's pretty good. He's going to play for Arsenal. Uh, Timo Werner up front. Thomas Müller, who won the last Golden Boot, scored the most goals in the last World Cup, and is actually quickly closing in and could leave this World Cup as the all-time leading goal scorer in World Cup history. But there's one thing that Germany doesn't have. For how well-rounded Germany is, they don't have a Messi. They don't have a Ronaldo. They don't have a Neymar. They don't have a Harry Kane. They don't have a Mo Salah. They have a bunch of very good players. But they lack one superstar. Do you think that that can hurt Germans? Um, yes and no. I mean, one, it's always nice to have one of those huge international superstars to have on your team. Mm -hmm. But if your team is so sound and works so well together, it's it's better than having one superstar. And that's what Germany virtually is. And if they and it's, and it's not saying that they just have a bunch of like all right players. All their players are very good. Cruz is very good. Boateng very good. Neuer good. Ozil good. Werner good. Muller. You go through the entire roster. They're so deep. Leroy Sané, who took the Premier League by storm this year and was the Premier League's young player of the year for Manchester City, did not even make the team. To everyone's astonishment, that's how deep Germany is. So it's not like oh they lack a superstar, they're not going to win. They are still a very very good team. And have anyone, even though they don't have a superstar who you can count on in the big moments, any one of those players can make it count when you need to. All right, statistically speaking, how many teams have repeated in the World Cup? Not that many. Let me go look up and tell you that. So if it's not, you don't even have to do that. You you kind of already answered my question. But it, 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 it's it's pretty difficult. Yeah, if because one, it's almost like it's a brand new team. A lot, a lot of these teams, there's a lot of new players, so it's almost like a brand new team. A lot of either young guys. The or... last team to repeat were the Brazilians, 1962 and 1958. That that's saying a lot right there. That's if you look back like... at history, 2014 was the Germans. 2010 was David Villa and the Spanish beating the Dutch in the final. The 2006 final was the Italians beating the French after Zidane headbutted the guy. Brazil won in 2002, and then France won in 98. How do I forget about that Zidane headbutt? Yeah. Cost France the World Cubs. The guy took a spot in PKs, missed. True. But, but, uh, because it hasn't happened, I mean, there hasn't been that many World Cup championships, like 12. Yeah. If I'm doing the math right. Like, since the last repeat, which was Brazil. Yes. Something uh, like that. I'd say it's very doubtful. Because I know, I know, I do know, I do so do know some history about soccer. Those Brazilian teams were Are stacked so good. And that's back our, in the sixties, yeah. And that's was, our next storyline: is is Brazil gonna come back? 
from the utter embarrassment they had in the last World Cup, where they were playing in front of their home fans, and we we're finally going to get the World Cup final we all deserved. Brazil and Argentina, two countries and two rivals who can't stand each other, playing for a World Cup final. And Brazil goes, takes on Germany in the semis in front of their home crowd and loses 7-1. It was 5-0 Germans at halftime, and the Germans were up 7-0. And then Brazil scored late. but yes. And then they went into the third place game against the Dutch and lost 3 nothing unconvincingly as well. They didn't look too good. But when you look at a Brazil team that has a healthy Neymar, I mean, don't take it away from the Brazilians. Neymar got hit, knocked out of the last World Cup with yes. an injury. That has a lot to do with it. But Neymar is coming back off of another injury he got with PSG, but he scored in his first game back. So he's ready to go. He got Gabriel Jesus, who lit up the Premier League with Manchester City, with Aguero up top. Aguero, of course, representing Argentina. You have Willian. You have Phil, Philly Coutinho, former Liverpool man, yeah. just won the title with Barcelona. That don't matter at all, actually, because we got Salah. You have a very talented Brazilian team again. And it's, are they, now that they're back on the world stage, are they ready to claim what... what could have been I mean, all, all those superstars there says a lot. I mean, that's, I mean, comparing that to what Germany has, like, I, this could be my bias. I recognize way more players on the Brazilian team than mm-hmm. I do the German team. I would say the Brazilian team definitely has a bigger chance of going farther. Yeah, you got Marcelo on there. You have Fred. Uh, Bobby Firmino did not make it, unfortunately. Yeah. For your Liverpool guys. Yeah, I know that. Um, but, but, yes. But again, Shows how deep they are that a guy like Bobby Firmino, who was ahead, of, who was in arguably not only the Premier Leagues but Europe's top front three with Sané, with uh, Mane, Firmino, and Salah, and he didn't even make it, which shows how deep they can go. Yes, so I would say Brazil definitely has a huge, huge, if not the favorite, to make it to the finals. We'll be getting to or, those or, in a little bit. Or the favorite, not the a uh, favorite, the favorite. Now, here's another hot take here. A big thing that people bring up with the World Cup is it's like, you look at a lot of people will say that we are witnessing the two greatest soccer players of all time in the same era. That out of all this time that Earth has existed, we have the privilege of being alive to watch the two greatest to ever do it. Leo Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo. Two guys who have won everything. Ballon d'Or. Is it Champions Leo or Le- oh, I'm sorry, is it Leo or Leon? Lionel. Leo. Leonel. Okay. So Sorry. Sorry. Leo. Gotta get the terminology right. Nah, you're good. Um, so, Leo, Messi, and Ronaldo, who have won Champions League. You just League, said Leo. Found the orgs. I said Leo because it's Leonel, so they just say, like, Leo, Messi. Oh, yeah, okay. So. All right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're good, Rick. Uh, so, between Messi and Ronaldo, who have won Champions League, Ballon d'Ors, League titles, you name it. All of a sudden, the two best players that people say have ever played the game have nothing. Because neither have won the World Cup. Messi with Argentina, lost in the final last year to the Germans. Ronaldo won the Euro League with Portugal against France in 2016. So he has at least one like trophy, but it's not the World Cup. Who do you think has a better chance? Messi with Argentina, Ronaldo with Portugal to finally get a World Cup. Am, am I mistaken to say that Argentina is definitely a better team, though? Argentina is definitely a better team then than I, Portugal. Then I'm just going to jump on the Messi train. 
But here's the thing with Argentina. We're going to get into that with, with our preview when we go through some of the favorites in a second. Argentina superstars, besides Messi, are nowhere to be found when it counts. So they choke. Yes. An amazing style. Argentina almost missed the World Cup, too. What? They were, they were in a last-second game. Not last-second, but like they qualified in the last second, the last possible game. They're playing Ecuador, and they had to win or else they were going home. And it was pretty close until Messi was like, ah, all right, I got us, and scored a hat trick, and they went on to the World Cup. They almost did not make it, which I think is a lot of a thing a lot of people overlook. And Argentina also does not have their um, starting goalie. So it looks like it's going to be Willy Caballero in goal, hmm. who's not necessarily the best goalie in the world. I'm just going to still go with Messi. I'm just jumping I will Messi say team. that, too, though, because Portugal's Ronaldo were bust. Like, true. even though Argentina chokes, and Portugal has won a title even without Cristiano Ronaldo, too, because when they won the Euro, Cristiano Ronaldo went off with an injury. So they won it without Ronaldo against the French, who are an easily more talented team than them. But when you just look at it at paper, if the stars align for Argentina, Argentina can easily win this whole thing. You got Dybala, Higuain, Sergio Aguero, Di Maria. They still have a defense. But it'll definitely be interesting there. I definitely say Messi has the better chance. And then, how far can Mo Salah take Egypt? So far. So far. Uh, that's cool. That's that's not true. Their they are uh, their group is pretty easy. They, they got Russia. They easily they probably have the easiest group out of everyone. They have Russia, Saudi Arabia, Uruguay. Uruguay is probably the only one that really has any would cause them any sort of trouble because they've got Luis Suarez, Cavani. Uruguay is pretty decent. Yeah, but I mean I, I'm homering it, and I would say they're at least getting out of the group stage. I will I will definitely say that. Yeah, I, think I, I see you've made your picks. We'll go through our picks. I see you've already gotten them. But I think Mo Salah can take him far. But it's, again, how is he going to be coming off his injury in the Champions League final? Yeah, but they made it sound a lot more serious when it first happened Yeah, than than what it is now. And also, I mean, it's also the World Cup. They're going to they're gonna give everything. Let me put it this. this. Let me put it this way. If you're going to have one man that could carry your team... Like, and literally be, like, at least Portugal, even though you could say it's all Ronaldo, they still have Bernardo Silva. They still have a few key players to help him. Egypt is literally Mo Salah. I know <laughs> It's that. literally Mo Salah. But Mo Salah is Mo Salah. Good. So, if you're I mean, gonna... he's, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think he's going to be, he, he probably will never be on the level of, uh, Messi or Ronaldo. Ooh, don't say that right now. Some people are arguing he already is. I don't think so. Yeah, some people are already saying he is on that level. I mean, he, he, he'll have spurts on that level, but I don't think he is. I think we have to see how he does next year. This year, he was phenomenal for Liverpool, and he sunk the, world, the penalty kick that sent Egypt there. But some people argue Mo Salah is pretty much already there. Yeah, but there's also some transfer news, though. The, that was proved false oh was it okay good yes. thank god Woo! that was proved false Woo! he was never offered to anybody okay good. Mo Salah is going nowhere uh so let's take a look at some of these teams here rick the favorites we already talked about them the germans um germany will be going into this world cup with their group being group f 
which some people will argue is one of the tougher groups. They have Mexico, they have Sweden, and they have South Korea. Easily see Germany making out of this group. Again, they have a very talented um, squad with Thomas Muller. I mean, Mexico is probably going to give them the most trouble. Mexico will. I agree with you with that. Sweden somehow beat Italy and kept Italy out. It, Italy is, like, so confusing. Yeah. It, Italy seems like such, like, everything seems like they have the right pieces, but then they just don't old, piece together. Old. Italy was old. True. That is also true. Gigi Buffon is still their goalie. <laughs> yeah. That Italy is old. But, yeah, it's weird. Not It's not only America not in this World Cup. The Dutch didn't make it. The Italians didn't make it. Chile didn't make it. There's a lot of pretty of good Italians. teams who usually make it. Especially, you think World Cup, you think the Italians. Yep. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, for, for when we were little to now, you think of the Italians being there. Oh yeah, they won't. I mean, we saw them win it all in 2006. Yeah, I know. I remember Pirlo. watching those. Yeah, Pirlo. Uh, so Germany definitely a favorite in there. Germany currently sits as the favorite at seven to two odds. The French, I like France's odds a lot. If that team can click together, France can be very, very dangerous. I feel. Uh, anchored by none other than Tottenham's own Hugo Lloris and Net, the captain of France. Uh, they have a lot of great defensive players as well. They've got Umidi at, from Barcelona. Their attack is stacked. Um, with Antoine Griezmann from Atletico, the guy who's now broken the internet with his Fortnite celebration dances when he scores. Yeah, right. Um, they have him up there. They got Mbappe. They got Conte in defensive midfield. They have Thomas Lamar on the wing. That team is loaded. But the problem with France is that France's ego always gets to them somehow. Where it just it falls apart for them for some reason. But they got Pogba. Like, that team is loaded. And I think if the stars align, France is really going to make a run at this. Their group is Australia, Peru, and Denmark. They'll win that group easily. Easily. Isn't... I thought Denmark was pretty good, though. Denmark is in the same boat as Egypt. Okay. Denmark will only go as far as Christian Eriksen will take them. Again, they were tied with Ireland. Ireland was up one nothing in the game to decide who goes to the World Cup, Ireland or Denmark, and then Eriksson banged in a hat trick and had two assists. So he literally was involved in all five goals that took Denmark to the World Cup. Mm. So it's just not as talked about because obviously, you know, Christian Eriksson's a phenomenal playmaker, but he had, you know, plus 10 goals, plus 10 assists. Salah lit up the Premier League this year. Very true. So um, the talking point is easily going to be Mo Salah over Ericsson. But Denmark will only go as far as Ericsson takes them. Just like Egypt, they're only going to go as far as Salah can take them. Uh, Argentina, we kind of already talked about it. They got Messi. Obviously, if one of the best players in the world, you're going to have pretty good odds. Again, you have Gonzalo Higuain, who is infamous for choking. Um, Sergio Aguero, a player that we all know about, very, very solid. Angel Di Maria, um, their defense will be anchored by Otamendi at uh, center back. Paulo Dybala, who almost didn't make it, is another superstar. But again, Argentina between their defense and just their history. I want to see Messi win so bad. Out of these teams that I've listed as a favorite, the one I want to see the win the most is Argentina. Hmm, okay. I want to see Messi win one. 
Yeah. yeah. Real bad. I think it's just it's going to complete his legacy. Here's a team that is a favorite. I'm not really sold on as much. Spain. Spain is a mixture of young guns and old guys. They have De Gea in goal, best goalie in the world, arguably with Neuer for the Germans. De Gea is phenomenal. Um, your personal favorite, Sergio Ramos. Yes, sir. Captain of Spain. The dark magic. Will the dark magic of Sergio Ramos appear in the World Cup as well? For those of you who don't know, took down Mo Salah, caused his injury, and ran into Loris Karius in the Champions League final, concussed him, and the rest is history. Not good history for the Liverpool fans, but... Such bullshit. The rest is history. Um, you have Diego Costa up front. You have some of the young guns, such as Isco, Marcus Asensio. Um, they're a mixture of old guns and young guys, but for just for whatever reason, I don't think that it's going to be the best mixture for them. Because you have a lot of older guys and veterans, like obviously Andres Iniesta's phenomenal, but he's ancient. It's just, for me, it's a wrong mixture for Spain of too many ancient guys and too many guys in this for the first time. Plus, they're in the same group as... Portugal. Portugal. Guys, Spain will... That's the... That's actually on day two. That's on Friday the 15th is going to be Spain-Portugal. It's a two o'clock start. That's going to be like... That's going to be the first great game. Because Russia-Saudi Arabia, according to the FIFA World Rankings... If there are 32 teams in this tournament, Russia and Serbia, um, Russia and Saudi Arabia, are 31 and 32. Yeah. So we're they're they in the same be, group. Yeah, and they're in the same group. Ooh, FIFA, FIFA's corrupt. What? Um, yeah, get the bad shit out of the way. Yeah, that's pretty. Um, that's pretty much what it is. 11 a.m. Yeah. a.m. game. Get the bad shit out of the way. Yeah, exactly. Um, next, a team I would also like to see win. Belgium. The golden generation. The one favorite here in this tournament that has not won a World Cup. Belgium on paper is absolutely loaded. Lukaku, Hazard, Mertens, Moussa Dembele, Jan Vertonghen, Toby Olivero, Thibaut Courtois in goal. This team is stacked. Well, for whatever reason, the golden generation they call this group has yet to get the job done. In 2010, no, not 2010, 2014, they beat the Americans to go on to the quarterfinals. Remember when Tim Howard had like 26 saves? Yeah. Oh, how can I forget? Kevin De Bruyne, arguably, other than Salah, the best player in the Premier League. Like This Belgian team, there are just so many names that keep popping in your head like, oh, he's Belgian. For the casual fan, you will watch this Belgian team. And if you've watched a few Premier League games and know some names here or there, you'll be like, wow, all these guys are Belgian on one team? How is this team not winning the entire tournament? How does this team not win the World Cup? But for whatever reason, this team just can't get the job done. Roberto Martinez will be managing Too many waffles. That. Yeah, too many, <laughs> too many waffles. And then the last favorite, Brazil. Talked about it. Rick, out of all of these teams here, who would you say you're probably the most familiar with? <laughs> probably Brazil. I mean, well, Belgium too, because like you just said, like they have so many Premier League team, uh, Premier League players. But Brazil definitely. Yeah. I would say 100%. Because, um, I mean, like Argentina, I mean, I just know him for Messi. Yeah. So, I mean, Ger Germany, not so much. France, not so much. Spain, not so much. 
Yeah, I, f- I really feel like like the average fan is going to watch this Belgian team and be like, wow, how's in- how doesn't this team win at all? And and the average fan is going to watch Brazil because it's Brazil. Brazil. Yeah, yeah. they they just they just birth like everyone there is birth a soccer star. How it, it, it's like a it's like a birthright. If you have one name, you're good. Mm-hmm. Paulinho, uh, Neymar, Fred, Hulk. Yep. The days of Ronaldinho, Ronaldo, not Cristiano Ronaldo, just Ronaldo, Robinho. Like, if you have one name, you're very, very fucking good. Yep. Um, out of I, I think like Ichiro and MLB. Yeah. <laughs> um, out of all these teams, I think we already know your you answered my question here. But out of the favorites I listed, for the casual fan who has no America to root for in this World Cup, who do you think is the most attractive team for the average American fan to watch? Like, who do you think they're going to gravitate towards the most out of this list? Uh, probably Brazil. I, I would even I would even point to Germany mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, just because it's such they have they have a, a very solid team, but definitely Brazil. Brazil is probably number one on that list. If you had to so, give me my two and three. Give you your two and three. Yeah. Who do you think are the other two teams that, like, the average American would probably gravitate towards out of these favorites? Uh, Brazil, Belgium, just because we get the Premier League now. Yeah. And there's a lot of Americans that are watching the Premier League now. Uh, so probably Belgium. And then I would say Argentina just for Messi. Okay. Yeah. I'd agree with you on that. That's a good call. Um, the underdogs. Some of the teams that people will be pulling for who have an outside chance or still have a chance, but kind of an outside chance. First, the three lions of England, led by none other than the king of England himself, Harry Kane, newly named the captain of England. Um, also, they have players such as Deli Alley, Jordan Henderson, Trent Alexander-Arnold, a youngster for Liverpool, made the team at the last second. Um, that was kind of surprising. Eric Dyer's on the team. You have Raheem Sterling. A lot. This is another team I can see a lot of people in America gravitating towards for the fact that you said we get the Premier League, and literally this team is filled with stars from the Premier League. Yep. Marcus Rashford, Danny Welbeck, you go uh, Kyle Walker, Trippier, Danny Rose. There's so many superstars that are recognizable here in America. But here's why I label England as an underdog. First off, this team is extremely young, which is weird for an England side because I feel like for England for so many years, you think Gerrard, Beckham, Lampard, Terry, all those guys are there. Yeah, they're all gone. But that was that England team for so Rooney, no Rooney in the World Cup for the first time in how long? And so a lot of people are saying that that's an advantage. Is it was like it was bringing down England that they had to play to Rooney because Rooney is the all-time leading goal scorer in England history for the national team, and since he's basically their golden boy, they had to find a way to make Rooney work, even when he was old and slowed down. Now they don't have that. Now, they have a lot of different options. Harry Kane can score at any second. Raheem Sterling, if he finds his touching and score, can score. Deli Alley can create something. You have a lot of very good players who can make something happen. But again, you look at this team and they are so young. Kane, 24. Deli Alley's 21. Raheem Sterling's around that same age group. A lot of the players that England's going to be counting on to do their scoring are pretty young. And not only the fact that something that has just always plagued England, goalie. 
Yeah. No Joe Hart. <laughs> Joe Hart did not make it. Uh, Jeff Green was very, very famous for the ball that went right through his legs in the 2010 World Cup against America. For whatever reason. <laughs> I remember. Yes. Dude, Dude, we we I watched, that was at prom. I don't know if it was your was weekend too. That was my my prom weekend. We had a hotel in Seaside. That was finals for, for you for yeah for that me. was that was finals. I watched that. We watched that because we uh we had a short final in our class. Yeah. So we had like a two hour period in our class. We all finished it in a half hour. It was just a very short final in high school, and. Our teacher was, like, trying to not let us put it on, not let us put it on. Finally, we convinced her to put it on the computer and on the broadcast. And I remember that goal. Oh, my God. Dude, so I had – we had a hotel. That was my prom weekend. Then we had a hotel in Seaside. And all the doors – there was, like, five different high schools there. And everyone had their doors open. And everyone was just blasting the game. Then when that went through, people started, like, jumping off the third deck into the pool and stuff. And everyone was just going wild. I I just just remembered – I just remembered when uh... (laughs) – People cheering in the hallway in the middle of finals. <laughs> USA. Yes, USA. exactly. And just teachers running out. Shut the hell up. <laughs> I well, I was given a final um, during the Euros, and I was the England Wales game, and I had it like on the side of my computer. When Daniel Sturridge scored the stoppage time game winner, I walked out of the classroom and yelled in the hallway for two seconds and mm-hmm. came back in like, oh yes, and then went back in. <laughs> um. So yeah, England just. The goalie situation, it's going to be Pickford or Jack Butlin, but again, they're extremely young goalies. Uh, defensively, dude, when Phil Jones is your fucking center back, you're in trouble. Because Phil Jones is infamous for his moments of stupidity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I think this England team has a better chance in uh, 2022 than they do this year. Just because they are young. But they can still make a run. Portugal, you got Ronaldo. That's all you need. Yeah, that's oh. plain and simple. It's plain and simple. Even, again, they won Euro. They won the Euro final against the French, who were clearly more talented than them, with Ronaldo on the sideline injured. Um, Uruguay, you got Luis Suarez, Edison Cavani. Hopefully he doesn't bite anyone. I'm trying to find the prop bet. I haven't found it yet, but I'm trying to find what are the betting odds that Suarez bites someone again. <laughs> uh, Poland. Poland is a team not a lot of people would expect, but... Again, it's one of those situations. You got Robert Lewandowski in front of goal, who, again, can just score whenever he wants. He scored five goals in ten minutes for Bayern Munich a couple of years ago. Five goals in ten minutes. Do you think they're going to win the group stage, though, against Colombia? That is going to be a toss-up. Yeah. That's going to be tough. I'm excited to talk about that when we do our predictions. Uh, And then lastly, an underdog not a lot of people will say, but I'm going to throw out there is Croatia. Croatia arguably can have one of the best and most creative midfields in this whole tournament with Luka Modric, Ivan Rakitic, and you also have Kovacic from Real Madrid. You got Mario Mandzukic, who's old, but is up in front for the Croatians. This Croatia team could actually make some noise because very quietly, they have some pretty talented players on their team that not a lot of people know about. And then some of your fan favorites, Iceland. Yeah, that's... Iceland. (laughs) That is like a shot in the dark right there. Their team coach, their the head manager for Iceland, it's his part-time job. He's a dentist. <laughs> he is a dentist and the coach of the national team. He's going to he's going to have like a lot like is I, I'm I'm just picturing this. His office is going to be closed down for possibly a month. Yeah. 
He's going to have a lot of pissed off uh, customers there, or they're going to be really happy with them. I mean, when they came back from, I think the fact that they're just in the World Cup, when they lost in the quarterfinal in the Euros and they came back, they got like the reception of their lives when they came back home. True. Uh, I mean, think of the size of Iceland. It's like 600,000 people. When they beat England, they beat the Premier League All-Stars team, and they advanced. I do think Iceland's going to find it harder this time because no one's going to take it by surprise now. I mean, they got Gilfie Sigurdsson. It's funny. Every single guy on the team, his last name ends with Sin, S-O-N. There's like 12 different <laughs> Sigurdsons. <laughs> um, Gilfie Sigurdsson is their best player. Um, Egypt has to be a fan favorite because of Mo Salah. A lot of people are going to be pulling for them. And then Mexico. Obviously, I think a lot of people here in America will either gravitate towards Mexico because it's close, or they will not because they're a rival. But also, there's there's a ton of people that are from, from Mexico, Mexico here in, in America. In America so. so now, Rick, here is a question for you. Um, I've had this discussion with a lot of avid soccer fans like myself. What do you make of America not being there and now all of these media outlets, especially Fox Sports, are pushing root for Mexico? Which for a lot of avid American soccer fans is an avid no-no. Rooting for Mexico to win the World Cup. I I think it's more I think would it's more be the equivalent of a Red Sox fan. Rooting for the Yankees to win a World Series. And I th- that's what a lot of people liken it to. I, I think it's I think it's more the fact that like like I said, there are a lot of Mexicans in America. And how they, much money do you think Fox is gonna lose off of the fact that the United States didn't make it? <laughs> so I'm I've been thinking I, I've debated this and like I've said this before that like it sucks for Fox Sports. Mm-hmm. But also at the same time, it may not because like you said at the beginning of this podcast, it's gonna show the true quality of of soccer more than in the United States because the United States for a few years was looking good, but we're we're still developing. Yes, and it's it's gonna take twenty some years. I I'm predicting twenty some years until we we're we're, we're, on, we're on the level of Brazil because we we have taken soccer so much more seriously now than ever before. Yes. Thanks to the part of MLS. Thanks to the part of Premier League being on NBC Sports. Yeah. Things like that. We are taking big, big, soccer big part more of it's seriously CTE now. And the NFL just completely collapsing on itself. Exactly. But I, I'm thinking there, are, there are still plenty of Mexican fans. Oh, yes. In in America. Oh yes. So I don't see it as necessarily being a bad a thing. bad thing. It is. It they're not going to get the numbers exactly what they were hoping for. When they thought that USA was going to qualify for this, yeah, but it's going to show so much good soccer, and if people like you and people like your brother can convince people to watch this, because you guys are such big soccer fans, and you could show them how big this sport, how good this sport could actually be with a legit team. Then I don't which, think it'll be a thing. Which some people could arguably say is coming up because you see a lot of these American teenagers like Tim Weah, Josh Sargent are all playing in Europe at the top level. Yes. So yeah, I hundred percent agree. But I think it won't be horrible. But uh, well, going back to your original point, 
uh, comparing the comparing the trash like Mexico to USA, as in Boston to Yankees or vice versa. That is going to be challenging. I agree. Yes. That that is definitely going to be challenging. But like the counterpart, because that... do you really think that people in Scotland are rooting for the English right now? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, no, that see that is way different <laughs> because that's, that's like they, actual they, real. Their their sport is soccer. Yeah, America's sport is football. Yeah, so it's a little bit a little bit different there. They're diehard soccer. America's diehard Amer- American football. I should say that's in yeah. case we get some. <laughs> a, yeah. uh, a, what are you talking about? Yeah, what what football or football are you talking about? But uh I don't I don't see it being that bad. Mm-hmm. That comparison in a way is right, but in a way I don't think it's as right cuz that's like comparing it's a little extreme. That's like comparing so say it's like comparing you, your comparison of the Boston Red Sox to Yankees, it's like the Boston Red Sox to the Toronto Blue Jays. You guys are in the same division, but you're not necessarily the biggest of rivals. Okay. I, I see it more like that. Okay. At, at, at this point in the stage of soccer in Development, America. yeah. Yes. Like, the Toronto Blue Jays have been there. They've done that. I'm, USA is the Toronto Blue Jays. They've been there. They've done that. They've also had very struggling years. As well as vice versa, same with the Boston Red Sox. Right. So, because America for a little bit had Mexico's number. Oh yeah. It's the I, reason why the rivalry is called Dos Acero. Yeah, exactly. No, it, it is a rivalry, but it's not as it's not as strong. It's like a divisional rivalry, unlike not like a div- divisional rivalry like Yankees Red Sox. Yeah. That's that's the point I'm trying to make. So I don't think it's that bad, but it is hard. It is hard. Yeah. Um, we'll be getting into our predictions in a little bit, but Rick, before we get into some prop bets and our prediction, here's my question we'll call for you. Uh, Russians can be a little crazy. Um, there was an E60 that debuted last Sunday called Russian Fight Club. Re- reword that. Debuted in last Sunday? Debuted, yeah. Debuted um, last Sunday. Debuted last no Sunday. In. Yeah. Debuted last Sunday called the Russian Fight Club. First rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Second rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Where it explored the world of organized violence and fighting between Russian supporters. So in Russia, you have obviously a Spartak Moscow, CSK Moscow, and in St. Petersburg. They have a lot of different Russian teams. And they all have, like every team does, their hooligans. They're very devout fans. But in Russia, they take hooligans to a new level, especially the younger generation. So people a little younger than us, like from 19 to 24 years old. Um, they go to the games for the sole purpose of going to fight the other team's fans. And they were literally trained in martial arts how to do it. The fans of these teams, like, open gyms and train other fans, like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Taekwondo. So that way, if they see a fan of an opposing team walking down the street, they can go beat the shit out of them. Hmm. And every single team has this. Has a group of fans who literally are trained to fight to show how good their team is. And it's not sponsored by the team, it's just a bunch of crazy-ass fans. Interesting. Okay. Um, And Putin, obviously, with 
the World Cup happening in Russia said, yo, guys, look, like, 3 million people are going to be coming to Russia to watch this World Cup. Another stat that a lot of people don't know, America has the most tickets purchased for people going to the World Cup from outside of Russia. It's so like the most international tickets to the World Cup were bought from the United States. Okay. Which, which is just, again, showing that, like, the United States is still kind of paying attention to this. Yeah. Like, there's more people traveling to Russia from the United States than any other country in the world to go watch this. But um, when Putin started arresting the fans, saying, guys, we've got to clean this up because we can't have this happen during the World Cup, they took the fighting to, like, the woods and, like, the Arctic parts of Russia. And the leaders of these fight groups, like, talk to each other on the internet and be like, okay, meet me in the middle of these woods at 4 o'clock on Thursday. Bring 50 of your best, we'll bring 50 of our best, and we're going to have an all-out melee. And just beat the piss out of each other. Okay. The only rule is you can't kill anybody. It's literally the only rule. You can't kill anybody. I feel like that gets lost, though. Cause yes. Because I, I, I've, I've played hockey, and I've, I've, gotten, a, I've, I've gotten in fights in hockey. <laughs> and during the fight... You're not thinking my about mentality the rules. is to kill yes. at times. At times, not every single fight. I've I've only been in like six fights when I played hockey, but my mentality is to kill, or to uh, to survive or kill. Because yeah. I've I've been an idiot and faced person that's way too big for me. But <laughs> like that that is I feel like that's just lost in the yeah. translation. There is like I'm just thinking about like Fight Club. Yes, I, I I just think exactly like Fight Club, and the scene where I don't I don't remember his name, but Edward Norton's character starts beating the shit out of the guy, and they literally had to pull pull Edward Norton off because he just like lost track of time. Yeah, that's just what I'm thinking there. But go on, go on. So now all of these people, all these guys who fight each other for their respective teams in Russia, uh-huh. are now all rooting for Russia together. Right. So a concern is: Will there be an outbreak of violence amongst the Russian fans? I mean, here's an example. Okay, 2016, the Euros in France. City, the setting is, is the city of Marseille. Russia is a few days away from playing the English in um, their first group stage game. Okay. The English are out drinking, having fun, singing English songs in the streets, having a good time. The Russians found out where the English were. The English fans showed up to go beat the piss out of the English fans. And the fighting continued for three days. The French had to call the National Guard in to stop the Russians from attacking the English. And it was out of control. They literally attacked They attacked English fans. They said, if you looked English, we were coming for you. If you just looked English. So that's just a group of crazed fans there, though. But it's a gr- it was a group of, like, 500 crazed fans. Uh. It wasn't, like, 20 people. It was a very, very large... It was, like, an armada of Russians. And then, in the actual game, the Russian fans shot a flare at the English fans. And more fighting broke out. And now well, the concern wh- is, is this going to happen in Russia? Especially when you look at the way the world is right now. And... Not what? trying to bring, like, politics into this, but... I mean, you when, have to. You're playing two Middle Eastern teams well, in your so, group. So, my, my my thing there is, one, it's not 
not every team, not every Russian is going to be in the stadium. Yes. To start fights, so only when Russia is playing. I mean, there's going to be Russian fans in the stadium because it is Russia yeah. during other other games. Right. But only Russia is going to be there. Right. With uh, like that that mentality, maybe will only be there during Russia. Two, I mean, I'm even though FIFA is so corrupt, they. Tr- Excuse me, I just burped there. Uh, even though, even though FIFA is corrupt, and we'll, they're not going to let this like get messed up. They're not going to let this messed up because if it gets to that point, who's going to want to go to the World Cup after that? Yeah. That would be a horrible publicity stunt, especially in so Qatar FIFA, in 2022. Yeah, exactly. FIFA is 100 percent cracking down, being like, "You guys need to be out there patrolling this shit." The police need there. There has to be some sort of crackdown. Yeah, and. With how corrupt politics is in Russia, like, I mean, Boone knows, like, this has to be a good event. Yes. Nothing bad has to happen. So, is there going to be fights? Probably. There's oh, yeah. o- There's always fights at World Cup games. There, there's fights in MLS games here yeah. in America. <laughs> yeah, well, not to the extent of World Cup. Yeah. I, I'll say that, because it's happened before, and stories have happened about it before. So, I'm not... I would never disregard that. I'll say... I'll say that there will be fights, but I don't think it's going to be to the extreme of what you're talking about. What you're talking about is Russia versus Russia. Yeah. Type type shit there. Right. So that right there is going to stay within them. Okay. To outside parties, they're going to be patrolled so much. I mean, I wouldn't be... I would not be shocked. I would not be shocked if there's armed guards at these stadiums. Oh, I, there's 300% going to be. Yeah. So... When that shit happens, I mean, they're going to take it down. Yes. And they're they're going to do everything that they can to not escalate this. Now, if the whole nation of Russia comes down, which is not going to happen, but if the whole nation, I mean, that's that's another fucking issue. Yeah. They're going to destroy the stadium. Yeah. And Russia's not going to have that either. No, because they know that the entire world is watching this. Exactly. So Russia is going to do everything to paint a good light on on Russia and on the World Cup that they're not gonna let anything go wrong with this. So mm-hmm. I don't, I don't. Okay, you, you're. It's like you're you're trying to fear monger this, but I don't think it's gonna be that bad. Okay, so that, that's unless you have a different opinion. I just on this. think it's a general concern because watching the scenes from when the Russians and the English fought each other in Marseille in 2016, it was pretty bad. Yeah, no, it, it was pretty bad. Yeah, but I mean, I don't. That that was not as big of an event as the World Cup, though. World yes. Cup, they're gonna be fucking patrolling. This yes. Shit. So. Okay. Good take. Yeah. So, prop bets. The favorites. Um, we're looking at Germany as a seven to two favorite to take home the World Cup title and repeat as champions for another four years. Be the first team to do it since Brazil in 1962 to repeat. Brazil is at a four to one favorite to win this year's installment of the world cup the french and the spanish and argentina are all tied for third at six to one odds the belgians stand at ten to one odd favorites to win this world cup and probably with the most outside chance are the english at a 20 to one favorite to win the world cup so obviously going here looking like germany Brazil, and then the French, Spanish, and Argentinians are probably the top five favorites going into this tournament. 
the Golden Boot Award, which will go to the player who scores the most goals in this tournament. The odds-on favorite to win the Golden Boot, first off, is Lionel Messi at 10-1. Followed up by Neymar of Brazil and Antoine Griezmann of France are at 12-1 odds to win the Golden Boot. Cristiano Ronaldo of Portugal at 16-1. King Harry Kane of England is at a 17-1 odds to win the Golden Boot. Then at 20-1, Gabriel Jesus of Brazil, Timo Werner of the Germans, and Romelu Lukaku of the Belgians. Rick, out of this list of Messi, Neymar, Griezmann, Ronaldo, Kane, Jesus, Werner, Lukaku, who do you think wins the Golden Boot? Scores the most goals in the tournament. Um, Neymar. I could see Neymar. Uh, I, I would put money on Neymar. Yeah, I would, I would put on He is a man on he, a mission. Him and Messi are going he, to be man's on a mission. Yeah, I agree. Well, him, Neymar, and uh, Ronaldo, all men on a mission. But Neymar had a bad showing. Or he was injured. He got injured. He in was last... doing well and then got injured. Yeah, he got injured. So if he stays healthy, and I, we all know the foot that Neymar has. Oh, yes. I mean, he is he is very dominant. Like he he is very dangerous. He will score a ton of goals, and I think we'll get the golden boot on this one. And now, speaking of the golden boot, there's also the golden ball for the best player. Neymar is the favorite to win the golden ball at eight to one odds, followed by Messi as nine to one. Cristiano Ronaldo sits at a twenty to one favorite. Antoine Griezmann and Gabriel Jesus are 25 to one, and then Eden Hazard of Belgium is at 28 to one. So it's looking like Neymar and Messi are going to be the odds-on favorite for this. Who are you taking there, Rick? I would take Messi. I, I feel like Messi is better at the tribune ball than Neymar. Okay. So nice. And then the last other a big award there will be the Golden Glove for the most clean sheets. So. Most shutouts. Yep. As a goalie. Manuel Neuer, the favorite of the Germans at 7 2 against. It's going to be interesting watching him because he's coming off of an injury, and the Germans do have Ter Stegen as a backup, who is a pretty damn good goalie, too. He's a goalie for Barcelona. Um, David De Gea, the Manchester United keeper from Spain, is a 4 1 favorite. Allison from Brazil, who is actually linked to Liverpool at this very moment. Is at nine to two for Brazil. Hugo Lloris, Tottenham Zone, representing France, is at a five to one favorite to win the Golden Glove. And then lastly, Thibaut Courtois of Chelsea, even though rumors are he will be leaving Chelsea, um, is at a seven to one favorite. Who are you going to take there for the Golden Glove? Well, Thibaut is, is Belgian. He plays Premier League for Chelsea, but is Belgian. Yes. Uh, I'm taking De Gea. I I I I, 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 I I think I think they have the, uh, the this right and it's gonna be Emmanuel. Yeah, he's, I, he's phenomenal. Yeah, it's he, my he, only thing is him coming off of an injury. I so I, I agree, I agree, but it's I feel like for a player, it's very hard to take someone out, especially in the World Cup. Yeah, kind of like any any sort of playoffs, it's gonna be very hard for them to come out, and I think he would play through anything because I know he is a pretty tough goalie. Even though the Dutch. Uh, when they made their World Cup run last year, pulled out Sillison for the PKs against Costa Rica and put Tim Krul in, in the, for the PKs, and they actually won it for the Dutch. Oh, yeah. So they pulled the goalie for PKs, which is interesting. 
So, with that, let's get into our last thing here. And what we're going to do is Rick and I are currently on our bracket prediction. And what we're going to do is we're going to run through each group, tell you what we think the order is, and then tell you who we think wins. Rick, would you like to put a six-pack on if we get uh, our brackets correct? Uh, sure. All right. I'm down. So, group A. I have Uruguay being led by Suarez and Cavani, finishing in first. Mo Salah will lead Egypt to second. And then I say Russia, even though they have a home advantage, they are one of the worst teams in this tournament. They will finish third. And then Saudi Arabia is the worst team in this tournament. They will finish fourth. Uh, I'm going to say Egypt because I'm just going to ride that Mo Salah train. Then Uruguay. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to pick the upset Saudi Arabia beats Russia. Ooh, very interesting. The battle of the Mr. Irrelevant. There. Yep. Um, group B, I go Spain, Portugal, Morocco, Iran. I'm going Portugal, Spain, Iran, Morocco. I think whoever wins that Spain-Portugal game, the first game on um, Friday, is going to win the group. Okay. Uh, group C, Peru is getting Paulo Guerrero back. Um, FIFA lifted his suspension, which gives Peru a little bit more of a chance. But I'm going to go France wins Group C. Christian Eriksen will carry Denmark to second. I see Australia finishing third, the Socceroos, and then I will see Peru finishing fourth. Uh, I'm going to swap Peru and Australia. Peru's going to be third, and Australia's going to be fourth. Okay. Everything else is the same there. Group D. I go Argentina. I think they're going to do it again. Steal all of our hearts. Iceland will finish second. Croatia will be third, because even though Croatia has a phenomenal midfield, they are. Croatia's kind of old. They are kind of ancient. And then Nigeria's um, warm-up for the World Cup, if you've been paying attention to any of the friendlies, Nigeria's been a disaster. They have not looked good. Yeah. On paper, they have a pretty solid team. between like Victor Moses, um, a few other solid players. They easily are going to win the um, tournament for best jersey. Their jerseys in England sold out in about 10 minutes and they're now going online. Like every online store is out of the Nigeria jerseys and they're being resold on the internet for like 300 bucks a pop. Check out the Nigeria jerseys. They're gonna, they're not gonna do well, but they're gonna look good not playing well. I'm uh, I, I chose the exact same order for that. Okay. Group E, I go Brazil. Switzerland has a couple good players. Um, Costa Rica, I will think we'll finish third. So yeah, Keylor Navas, Real Madrid goalie. He's going to win him some points. And then I have Serbia in fourth. I have the exact same number for that. All right. Now we're finally finding some continuity here, some even play. Group F, I have Germany, Mexico, Sweden, South Korea. Same. Even though I want Sun Hung Min to go off for Korea. That'd be great to see. But Sunny's not enough by himself. Group G. I'm going to take England beats Belgium in that last game. And I think England wins Group G. And I go England, Belgium, Panama, Tunisia. I'm going to go Belgium. Belgium's going to beat England. Okay. And then Group H, I go Poland, Colombia, Senegal, Japan. Colombia is pretty good, too. They have a few really good players. You got James Rodriguez. You have Quadrado, um, Falcao. Colombia is a pretty solid team. 
but I like Lewandowski. And sometimes with this World Cup, you need to go with some weird picks. So that's why I got England over Belgium and I have Poland over Colombia because you have to play the tournament if you weren't if you're just going to go based off of the FIFA rankings. Germany's going to win it all. Uh, I have Colombia, Poland, Senegal, Japan. Watching Mane with Senegal is going to be fun, though. Yeah, that is true. So, based off of my bracket here, my round of 16 looks a little something like this. I have Uruguay and Portugal. Portugal will win that one. I think Cristiano Ronaldo will pull some magic. Iceland's reward for making out of the group stage will be the French, and that's where their run will end in the round of 16. Brazil-Mexico could be a fun game. I think that could be a fun game, but I'm going to give it to Brazil. Um, England, if they win their group, will get Colombia, and I think it will end there for the English. And Colombia will win, because the English always find a way. Belgium will win over Colombia. Uh, I have Spain beating Egypt. I have Argentina over Denmark. The Germans over Switzerland. Yeah. And then the Polish over the Belgians. I mean, the Belgians over Poland. Okay. What do you have? Anyone, anything different from that list? Uh, yeah, I have differences, but I don't really know them right at this moment. <laughs> I think if you scroll down on your thing, you can see your tournament brackets. Oh, oh, you go there. Oh, there, we there go. you go. You can. All right, so I got, I got Spain over Egypt. Okay. Um, I got France over Iceland. I got Brazil over Mexico. I got Belgium over Poland. Uh, I got Portugal over Uruguay. Then I got Argentina over Denmark, which that would be interesting. Uh, Germans over Switzerland, and then I'll go. I'll go England over Colombia. Yeah, and then so that's what everyone's saying with England. If England finishes in second, yeah, they're going to get the Germans in the quarterfinals, and then yeah. Uh, my bracket is Portugal and France in the quarterfinals. I have France goes to the semis. Brazil over Colombia. Spain-Argentina will be a great game, I think, if that happens in the quarterfinals. I think it'll be the best game in the quarterfinals, and Argentina will advance. And then Germany will defeat Belgium. Okay, I got Germany being England. I got Argentina being Portugal. Okay. Uh, I got Brazil being Belgium. Yeah, Argentina-Portugal would be nuts. Yeah. Messi versus Ronaldo. That would be great to see. And then I got Spain over France. Okay, uh, my semifinals, I have France beats Brazil, and then in a rematch of the last World Cup final, I think Germany will beat Argentina again. I have my finals, France-Germany. Uh, I got Brazil-Argentina as my final. Brazil would beat Spain, Argentina would beat Germany. And then who do you have winning it all? Brazil. I have France beats the Germans. Because like you said, it's hard to repeat. No team has done it since the 60s, and I think France is going to get it done. Because, again, that France team between Mbappe, Griezmann, Lamar, Conte, Pogba, if that team starts clicking, they can be a force. So, that's that. Amen. So, great doing this with you all. Um, share your own personal predictions with us. We'll be... 
tweeting a lot during the World Cup, and you can find that at the Wide Open underscore Sports Twitter feed. Tell us what you think of our picks, and tell us what you think of the World Cup. It's going to be a blast, my friends. The time is finally here. Uh, look at Rick signing up for a FIFA.com account. Mm-hmm. We're getting you there. Almost there, baby. So, I am Feds. I am Rick. And thank you for tuning in to the Wide Open Sportscast World Cup Preview Show. Enjoy the show, everybody. Come on, England. Adios. Do you believe these guys are our future leaders in America? Thank you so very much for all the appreciation and all the great moments that we've experienced together. You stay classy. That's all, folks.